Hello and welcome to the Broadcast News Wrap, your shorthand guide to the week's TV news stories, brought to you by Broadcast Peerless Editorial Team. I'm International Editor John Elms, and this week we have a special edition of the News Wrap, digging into the world of podcasting and its growing prominence in the TV industry. We'll be hearing from TV producers and podcast pioneers Daryl Brown and Ian Lamara as they discuss their work in the medium, and we'll also be checking in with what they've been watching. All that on this week's Broadcast News Round. Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Broadcast News Wrap. My name's John Elms. I'm the international editor at Broadcast. And it's great to bring you this edition which in which we're going to go all in on podcasting, which is obviously a very popular and relatively new aspect to the TV industry, even though obviously podcasting has been around for a while. Today, I'm joined with two people steeped in TV knowledge, but also podcasting knowledge. We have... Daryl Brown, who's a series producer at Banerjee-owned Workerbee, but earlier this year also set up What's the Story Sounds, a podcast. And uh, on the other side, we have Ian Lamara, co-founder and creative director at Alaska TV, who have also branched out into podcasting with their own podcasting division. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to have you. How are you? Good. I suppose we're we're locked in our homes. (laughs) There's no real sense of when we're going to get out. But apart from that, yeah, I, I think I think the idea of asking people how they are is a bit redundant now because it's yeah. uh, it's all in it's the relative. Pandemic. It's like we we still got jobs and we don't have COVID, so that's win win. Two ticks, yeah, I'll take that. That's as good as it gets at the moment. Fantastic. Okay, so obviously uh, the way I introduced that uh, to the our uh, broadcast news about listeners, um, you both are work for a TV production company, but are both heavily involved with podcasting now i just want to start with you daryl just take us through what's the story sounds um you know when you set it up what its thrust is and how it kind of came about with your day-to-day work at workerby we began um we launched what's the story sounds at the start of this year which starting a business just before covid kicks in wasn't perhaps the best timing but what it did do was give us a, a nice opportunity to, to sort of explore the landscape and see what was going on and the reason we set it up was because um, we made in our own spare time over about two years a, a podcast for Audible called Body of Proof which we launched last year uh, that was um, all came about from kind of looking at TV ideas looking at development opportunities in the sort of the true crime space and finding a story which we thought was really interesting but would have probably no real appetite in the tv market at the time it was an unresolved story it didn't really go anywhere at the outset so we we started to gather it we were intrigued by the characters started recording audio not knowing that we were making a podcast particularly just recording audio and and finding a story that we liked and a year down the line audible picked up on what we were doing and commissioned it and we turned it into a 10-part podcast series that was us dipping our toe into into podcasting and realizing that actually there is a natural space there for ideas that maybe don't quite work on television for one reason or another but they're still good ideas and still good stories that will have an audience out there and so we used all the storytelling skills that, that we've acquired over the years lots of those devices we adapted some of them for audio and created created that series uh, and that did really well so audible were really pleased with it it kind of topped their charts here it did well in the states and, and kind of got a big audience out in the u.s and it made us realize that actually there's lots of people doing podcasts at the moment, millions of people doing podcasts at the moment, without necessarily the, the, sort of the TV storytelling sensibilities. And so maybe we could bring something that was 
slightly different to what's already out there, but but also tapping into that kind of growing marketplace. So we launched What's the Story as a State at the start of this year, and we're currently uh, working on a sort of development phase of a commission for NBCU in the States. We are about to launch a 20-part series, which has been funded by a new platform called Podimo, and we're kind of in the market for sort of three or four other projects. And then the big development was that we, we managed to sign a first-look deal with Kudos, the drama company which is what we announced a few weeks ago, which is a kind of a long-term deal to try and find projects that can work in podcasting, but also can work in the future for drama and vice versa. So it's kind of an exciting time for us where we're realising that lots of TV production companies are, are exploring the audio space, looking at different ways that stories can be told. And we're trying to find some synergy there with, with podcasting and, and what we're already doing in, in television. And I'm going to come back to you about the the kudos uh first look development deal because it's something that we wrote about at broadcast and it, it kind of feeds into this this this, this crossover between podcasting mm. and tv and obviously that's that's pretty much i believe what what inspired you at alaska alaska ian like this cross this synergies between the two you're just take us through what what alaska been doing in the podcast space well well we've just started a, a podcast arm um sort of podcast division that's you know an offshoot from alaska and, and really the inspiration from that was, you know, we, we work a lot with talent, but as kind of you were saying, for every everything you see on screen that makes it to screen, there's, you know, nine, 10 other ideas that don't. And uh, when you spend a lot of time with, with, with talent, listening to what they want to do, quite often they've got a real um, personal interest in something or an idea that, that doesn't fit with a broadcaster and them at the same time. And so it just seemed that podcasting was a way to let us take control of our own kind of uh, creative and work with people and make things happen. Because, you know, as far as I, I, you know, I can see in, in my experience so far doing it, these people, you know, they, they just want to do something they, they like, you know, so many, I think so many um, talent on screen, you know, luckily they, they have gigs and they, and, and they get work, but quite often it's not exactly what they're super interested in. And, but it's what a broadcaster wants them to be doing. So podcast allows us, Alaska, to listen to their uh, ideas, listen to their, their passions and create something that exists. That's the main thing, first of all, you know, making something that exists. And, you know, we've got studios in our offices, um, edits in our offices. And so we can make these things for very little out- outlay and, uh, and you can make it real and you can publish it. And that's, that's the, the sort of the, the main drive. And after that, there's so many possibilities for the thing that now exists. But what you've done is actually not just been defeated by the fact that, you know, some commissioner didn't take it to his boss, who didn't take it to her boss, who didn't take it to their boss, and suddenly can see the, the potential after nine months. We just go, okay, that, that, that sounds good. Let's go and do it. And, that, and I think that's been the most sort of freeing thing that appeals to, to me and to the, the people I'm working with. Absolutely. So is there a sense that there are certain stories that, that you both of you find you get through your day-to-day work, working for a TV indie, that might not be given or might not have the kind of the moulding that fits into a, a TV concept yet, potentially, but works, it stands up as itself as a story and this is just another medium? Yeah, it's totally it for docs. I think there's there's all sorts of rules that broadcasters have because they know what their audiences want. They know how long a story needs to sustain. You're driven by kind of the story beats that have to sort of be in every hour or every 30 minute slot. And so if you imagine trying to tell a, a true crime story over six episodes or eight episodes, the number of slots available for that are minuscule. Um, and yes, they're out there, but you know, you, you're not, you're not going to get them very often. So there's a lot more stories out there that are probably deserving of that attention. There are some fascinating experts out there that have got real passion for these stories that they want to tell and very, very few slots. And the bar is incredibly high. And I don't think actually that means that 
the stories that you put onto podcasts are inferior stories or inferior characters, but it might just be the timing's not quite right. It might just be that you probably, the, the other thing I, was, I would say with that is also, it's also about a recording technique. I think where you probably haven't got the resources to, to throw a, a TV production for, for six or nine months on a hunch that it might turn into a great story, uh, but it's missing one or two elements and then they might happen, but they might not. With a podcast, you can easily do that. You can, you can record, you can keep across a number of stories very efficiently, very cheaply. And then you can actually decide this is actually going to turn into something great. You know, I was thinking about how many stories that we see on television that you think, how, you know, if only we'd have got there at the very beginning, that would have been an absolute epic. But, but no one was recording at the beginning because it was yeah. too expensive to do. So I think that's where, alongside all the other things that podcasting allows you to do, that, that TV is trickier. I think just the ability to do it cheaply to start with and to, to try more ideas and to try different things without the rules that broadcasters have is, is really freeing. Yeah, and I think the other thing is um, topicality. One of the things we're doing is a true crime podcast with a big acting talent from the crime drama world. Um, but the, the, the idea is topical. You'd never get those, that combination of stuff away on television, you know, almost in a million years. Uh, you know, a drama talent doing two, true crime for a topical podcast. But, you know, there's, there's, no, there's, there's no sort of laws in the podcast world. And actually, it helps to make it stand out. You know, it, it, the, the downside of podcasts, as, as we all know, is that it's so oversaturated. You know, it's, it's usually an international market. It's not even geo-blocked. And anyone can do it and that's got pluses and minuses you know the pluses being what we're talking about we can just go and make these things the minuses being the guy over the street is probably doing one right now and uploading it and so you know things like true crime and comedy and football and all these things are are really crowded and you just got to find a way to make your thing even stand out and 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 that could be a a talent and it could also be topicality or it could be you know an idea a mechanic but um and a platform that's the downside i think I think it's quality as well. I think if you've got a product that's that's really high quality, as you say, there's a saturated market, but it's saturated with a lot of stuff that's sort of middle of the range. It doesn't have all of the production values. It doesn't have that little bit of budget because it's it's made on a shoestring. Whereas even just that small investment that you can put into making you know it sound better and be crafted more and have those you know the week that you spend in an edit suite on a television program can be two days that you spend in an edit yeah. suite for a podcast and and you yeah. can get the same results. And so I think that's what can lift those stories above yeah. the the mass that's out there. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, uh, for the most part, you know, like we're lucky enough that the three things we're doing have been commissioned, which, which makes them not cost money and makes you, you know, the, the marketing's there and the, the chance to get on that carousel. But I do like the idea that actually it, the podcast world is a little bit more sort of punk rock and pirate radio that actually two guys in a bedroom, if it's good enough, can punch through with an with a unedited, recorded on an iPhone podcast. You know, I, I like the idea that that can become quite big, uh, unlike television, where it is just the end result of nine months of commissioning chats and you know budgeted and picked and some of the sort of more rock and roll stuff that telly used to have is, has doesn't exist anymore cutting through in the tv world often with a with a concept and something that will will turn into a tv show which i think is a what a possibly a lot of commissioners hope can be the use of podcasting if we look at something like you know, Dirty John in the States came from a true crime podcast and it turned into a really big, expensive, high-profile drama on Bravo and then Netflix. Is that what your kind of the part of the tie-up is with Kudos? Kudos want to tap into these stories and then mould them into potentially dramas which they can pitch as a, a, a fully formed thing to commissioners? I think so. I think, well, th- there's a range of different benefits. I think it, it works sort of both ways. But if you imagine having never worked in drama and not knowing kind of the, the nuances of how drama works, but 
I, I expect that the processes in drama is that you look for a, a nice, neat, complete story that you can then write a script around if, if you're going to base a drama on, on, a, on a true event. You're looking for that nice, neat ending that's there that gives you everything that you need for the drama. And so that restricts the stories that you're after. Whereas I think by working with us, that opens their opportunities to say, well, here's some stories that could be fantastic. We don't quite know what the ending is yet, but we can actually be on that journey to try and find them and see if they can work for drama. And we're already in there. We're already thinking about those drama beats whilst we're making the podcast. Alongside that, obviously, there's opportunities for sort of sister productions. So you've got a, a, a drama that already exists and then you, you bring a podcast alongside it to tell the true story. So there are, there are various different ways that you can have a marriage between the drama world and the podcasting world. But I think as well, we can also learn from, from, from them in terms of how you would structure a story for drama. Maybe there's more drama elements that you can put into a, um, a narrative that we might not think about. So I think it's all about just the shared and different ideas. We look for very distinct things when we're developing podcast ideas and, and so probably similar to Doc's. Uh, and I don't think it's that far removed from a, from a drama company working with a documentary company in trying to identify those same spaces. How, how do we feel that production companies, TV, can use podcasts as a development tool? I think the opportunities are, are huge. I mean, the weird thing is podcast is just radio. You know, it's not a new thing. It's just a new word. TV has been used in radio as a, as a nursery slope before ideas. Little Britain came from radio, for example, then went on to BBC Three, then went on to BBC Two, One, whatever it was. And um, and, and that's, there's, there's a million examples of that where, where radio has started a format that's made its way onto television after proving itself to be popular and to be robust as a format. And so all that's happened is the word has changed, but you're, you're listening to radio. The big change is that it's now so easy to make a podcast that it's not limited to the commission radio programs it's now you can go out there and listen to anything as we were talking about before we recorded i when i was at zodiac i optioned a, a podcast called do the right thing which became a channel four uh, pilot and the year previously i had optioned a twitter feed and made it into a channel four series called very british problems and so i've you know as a developer you're always looking at things that are very successful in other medium uh, mediums, then that includes radio. But I think the main thing for indies is to use podcasts just to make the things that, like I said, talent and and the producer is passionate about. And more often than not, that will create something great. And if that becomes a success, then television can't and shouldn't ignore it. You know, if you've got a talent saying, I'm not known for this, but I'm going to do a podcast about X and it becomes huge, then TV can't ignore that anymore. And the more that the talent is off doing that as well, you know, the more the channels aren't really kind of showing them faith and, and loyalty and, and support and so that's what that's what I'm finding just in my small recent experience of making podcasts is talent doing their passion and you know it's quite often someone will be known for you know interior design on television or being a game show host and really they've got a secret passion for World War II or cheese or crime and so actually if you give them these make make those things real and give them a, a weekly show or a eight-part series where they can they can just get all that out and enjoy doing it you get so much from them and the audience will hear that and they'll come to it i think and, and I, like like we were saying about cutting through when you've got a big talent you you instantly become more visible than maybe a podcast that doesn't and also you are more attractive i think to commissioning platforms they're just taking guesses as well you know like they're, they're, what's fascinating is there's so many people commissioning podcasts and it still feels a bit like the wild west it's like I don't know what's going to work, probably that. And, and so it's quite an exciting time. I think that's right. I think you can use them as a, as, a, as a testing ground. I mean, you said that with talent, but I think it's with with different types of stories. We, yeah. We're working on a moment on a, a sort of funded development on a crime story in Japan. We've got no idea whether it will it'll do very well, whether the audiences will respond to it and where they'll respond to it. They might do in the States, they may not hear. But if it does very well here, 
that's going to give a broadcaster a lot of confidence to then say, well, is there a TV version of that? Because we know there was an audience that came to it and that surprised us a bit. So you can actually develop a podcast that can generate an audience that you can then cross-pollinate to a television audience and say, well, look, we've already secured an audience here. They're going to come with us to the TV programme. You've already got that built in and then you can grow from there. So, and the other thing is, I suppose, as well, is that if you do those those tests and, and, and trials and they don't work out and there isn't an audience that comes to it, you've not you've not broken the bank and, and, and spent you know years and years of your life on a project you can just kind of move on to the next one and and learn from it and and, and figure it all out like you say it's an ever-moving marketplace I, yeah. I, absolutely and i think i think if you kind of stick to the mantra that make things that you that you love and that the talent love and the reason you're doing it is because you both have something you love that you can't get away on television then it doesn't really matter if tv comes brilliant and if it doesn't who cares you're making something excellent and you're enjoying it and there's other ways to to kind of stretch that brand that you're creating that's another thing because you're creating these worlds i mean a lot of commissioners are quite cynical as to the here's a successful podcast so this will work on television line because they think that people listen and uh, interact with podcasts much, very differently than you would on television so you know it's it's a it's a live sort of visceral thing and it's not so passive and so there's there's other ways that you can extend that brand, whatever it might be. If you've got a cookery podcast, then you can get you know a cookbook range or, or a product range. That, you know the guy who does very British problems has a clothing range off the back of it. So it's not it's not all about getting onto that little box in the corner of the room. It's about creating an IP and and doing something you like. Is that what you feel that currently? commissioners tv commissioners attitudes to podcasts are a little bit blinkered in that sense and that it would have to take as you say an audience one big tick box like a big audience a following or a big piece of talent to for them to sit up and take notice of an idea i don't know if it's that i don't know if it's that that's i think there's certainly I think everyone's still figuring it out. And I think that's the, the honesty of it is there will be examples that, that break the mold for every, every single thing. There'll be commissioners out there that really want to commission a podcast with an eye on a TV program off the back of it. There'll be TV commissioners out there that won't see that, that it's going to translate and is going to work. So I don't think there's a hard and fast rule, but I think that the more that you can showcase the quality of, I mean, good ideas are still good ideas and good stories are still good stories and audiences are always going to want them. Uh, so I don't think that's ever going to change. It's just how you're packaging it and how you're, how you're showing it. And I think from our experience, we're actually trying to use podcasts as a platform for ideas that haven't made it on television. Maybe they'll have a future life there, but we're almost looking at, it's another thing that indies can do. They can, they can spend months developing an idea for television and the commissioning editor says no, and it goes in the bin and they may you know recycle it a year later and try it, try it again somewhere else. But actually this is another way that you can recycle that idea. You know, you might've gathered interviews, you might've done things on tape that can then be turned into something that actually you might generate some revenue back off that. You might find another outlet for it. And, and it's, it's not wasted time then, you know, all of your development work can actually go into a product that you can, you can show off at the end of the day. I think commissioners, like everyone, they, they're, they're all very different. And uh, you get some that are completely sort of offended when you bring in a successful podcast because they're like, well, how dare you <laughs> tell me that it couldn't be successful on television? And you get people who are really open-minded who think this is my chance to take less of a risk because it's proven and it's and it's, it's proven with talent and audiences and it's made a noise. Um, so it's just, and, and also you've got to remember still, if you look at the top 10 podcasts, they're more often than not are actually spin-offs of television you know like love island or uh, spencer and vogue have got a very very big podcast on on global but they obviously were born from television and so television commissioning could equally be looking at the podcast and going well the, the top ones are just our shows and our talent and so it's it's, it's kind of the wild west and where everyone's finding their feet but i think if you get the right commissioner and you get the right idea as you said an idea is an idea it's good and it's and it's but like i say if you if you just make the things you want to make then you can't lose and you just use 
but it is podcasting and the freedom of podcasting to just make something real and put it on a platform and put it out there and see and see what sticks and if it does stick then you try and do brand extensions but your first, first protocol should be doing something that you think is great with that in mind you know do do there are there certain areas that lend themselves better to podcasting but also potentially that to be then turned into a tv show i mean you know is it is it true crime and comedy that are best best suited for mm-hmm. for podcasts Oh, I was, was going to say, I think true crime is so dumb that actually I think audiences have, have heard a lot of true crime. And I think that to make a true crime series stand out, you've got to be pretty exceptional or find something new in the space. I actually think that, that listeners are going to want something that, that is just genuinely good stories rather than fitting into a particular genre. I think if there's a good story out there, whether it's a talent-led story or it's a pre-existing story or it's a drama story, I think, I think we want stories that surprise us. We don't necessarily want lots of doom and gloom at the moment. Uh, I think that's a general trend, but there will always be those ideas that are just so strong that are going to cut through whatever genre they are. Um, that's, that's my experience. But in terms of which other genres, I think, I think there's still people, very highly paid people in the big podcasting platforms that are trying to figure out which, which platforms and which, which yeah. ideas are going to work. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just you know, it's true crime. I agree, it's the most oversaturated space in, in nonfiction, and uh, that's why we're doing a topical true crime show because we're reacting to the, what's happened that week because every story is being told. Um, I think comedy, obviously, is is because basically that boils down to funny people talking, and you want to spend time with funny people talking. And if you think about comedy shows from the past, like Room One Hundred One is a podcast. That, I mean, that is a podcast. That, that if if that was if someone thought that up now, that would be a podcast. And there's lots of those things where it's quite a slow format and a simple format that's based around funny conversation that it's kind of been lost recently in, in comedy commissioning. People are looking for the noisiest, daftest, stupidest. But what we've lost is a lot of those lovely old um, sort of classic comedy formats because they, they don't work anymore on television or they don't, people don't think they work, but those, those could be podcasts. But equally in the feature space, people will listen to anything that's, that's you know, the, 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 more, the, the more kind of narrow casting, if you like, instead of broadcasting, the better in terms of appealing as a podcast. So if there was someone who had a podcast just telling you how to make, cakes people would come to that or someone telling you how to do up your home little tips you know the niche the better literally a cushion podcast (laughs) and i think that's where it differs from television television scrambles around trying to get everyone to watch the same thing and their end result quite often is nobody watches it because it's not for anyone and it's and it's been a, a sort of watered down effort by 15 commissioners to try and make the big hit that's watched by young people diverse people old people you know like animals and actually if you just go this is this thing is so niche that there will be a, a dedicated hardcore audience then that, that's where podcasts can really thrive i think on the point about optioning podcasts you're obviously making your own podcasts in what the story sounds uh, daryl and there you've got commissions from audible Ian, you're doing the same in terms of ownership like how does one option a podcast to then potentially make into a TV show? Because I suppose, right, it's, it's different to like a book option or... In my experience, it's exactly the same. You just approach oh. the creator and, and or, the, or, the, or the IP owner and say, I want to do this. And, you know, some people will charge you money to do that, to, to take a three-month or six-month exclusive shopping agreement. or And some people just say, okay, go and do it and I'll we'll benefit from the back end and from the production fee. Or, or some people will say, I'll, I'll let you pitch it if i can be in it and you know there's all different ways to, to do it it definitely depends who you're talking to but um in my experience people who create the most exciting podcasts they're just keen to get it out there and extend their brand and you know that you, you don't get into sort of protracted legal conversations it's just like let's all do it let's all push in the same direction and make this happen and and, and so so far luckily that's been my experience 
Yeah, I think I think what's interesting is you're, you're still finding that lots of the big platforms that are commissioning their standard positions that they want to keep all of the IP. And so for an independent production sort of company that we found ourselves in, we can go down the route of of taking our ideas to the big platforms, but naturally they're going to want to keep the IP. Um, there's no risk to that, you know, for us because we, you know, we're, we're paid up front. So you, you're making your money, your business is churning, but you're not going to have those massive hits because the IP is not going to come back to you. Whereas I think, you know, there's a, there's a balance to be had where you can take that approach, but you can also, as we've talked about, you know, you can also fund your own projects. You can also make your own projects, keep all of that IP and look for those hits that, 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 that could, you know, potentially one day turn into something much bigger. So there's a nice sweet spot where you can take two different routes and you can actually try and channel both of those. You know, ultimately there's not many hits that are going to become massive hits around the world, but there will be some, and it's, it's trying to land on those ones, obviously. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I think keeping your IP is is so important because for me that's that's the point of building and sweating to build that brand as a podcast is to try and get those brand extensions as well. So when you get the cookbook or the X Y Z or the, the the product line, then you want to be owning that absolutely. And the other th- the other thing is that uh, you know there's a lot of talent out there who are quite happy to work to to do the podcast and build it with you for for free in order to benefit from that. But a, a to do it of course and to have their passion sort of on, on a product, but also to to benefit from the back end. Absolutely. Just just quickly on on that, um, Daryl, you you set up what's the story sounds with uh, Sophie Ellis, who works at Canda, not Workerbee. Were you to try and uh, like one of your podcasts really does germinate into really good true crime documentary series? You know, how how do you how do you, how would you thresh out who gets it, whether it's Canda or Workerbee, or would you do a co-production or you know what what those conversations? That'll be a fun conversation to have. I think at the moment, to, to be honest, I think the way that we that we see it is we've got our we've got our relationship with Kudos, which, which sort of channel the ideas that we're, that we've already made that are in development through to them. But I think I say we're looking for those projects that, for, for one reason or another, aren't going to work as a documentary at that point in time. So we're looking at the moment for projects that, that there isn't an appetite for there. And, and if we can make a success of them and commissioners turn around and change their minds and, and actually see that there's potential there that perhaps there wasn't before, then that's a whole other conversation further down the road. But I think we've been quite clear in in looking for projects that, you know, the TV audiences would, would probably like them, but the platforms just aren't quite there in the TV space and, and they're much more suited to audio. You know, I don't see many 20 part series in, in the true crime space coming out for half hours at the moment. And that's what we're doing with our next sort of podcast series. So at the moment, touch with that's that's not a problem that we're, we're having to encounter. I mean, I've, we could go on talking about this for ages and ages. Time is limited, but I also want to get just, a, you know, you both gone into both of you have gone wholesale into podcasting in, in some capacity. You know, what, what are the do's and don'ts that you found for yourselves or individuals within the TV community but also indies like in wanting to get into podcasting what are the things that they you know it's a word it's it's almost a buzzword and people go podcasting let's do something but yeah. that is often those gun actions aren't often the best way you know what are the do's and don'ts i, I think the, the biggest do like i've said i think 10 times on this podcast this show um do the things you love do, like, like what do you want to do because the thing about podcasts for me is that it's the antidote to the frustrations that you feel as a developer in television you know as you said uh you, you can spend six seven months on bits of paper and sizzles and talent and conversations that need to have conversations about conversations and then at the end of that it goes, gets put in the bin and that is life and that's what we have to do but podcasts should be the antidote to that for the producer and for the talent so like get together with talent see what they want to do be passionate about it and go and do it and then you just can't lose. So even if no one listens to it, it exists and it was fun. 
but the chances are quite high that people will listen to it and then we can sort of build from there. So I would say to any indie, if you're going to develop podcasts, don't do it the way you do television. You know, don't sit around looking for newspapers going, should we do something about, you know, swapping dogs or whatever it is? Just leave that to your day job and, and shoot podcasts to be a passion thing. And that will be, that will reap rewards, I think. Yeah, the thing I'd say is if I wouldn't go into it thinking it's going to be the nice, easy ride compared to television. We've always we've all sort of had those projects in TV which are quite challenging. You don't quite know how you're going to unpick them, and that can still exist in podcasts. They're not necessarily simple just because you're you're taking the pictures out of the equation. That doesn't make them you know twice as easy. Um, you, you've 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 almost got a, a much more challenging job in trying to paint a picture with your audio, trying to do you know craft your characters purely with audio. Lots of the techniques that you don't even notice that you're using with television aren't there. So. It's, it's a freeing experience. It's a very different experience in that you're, you're not locked into lots of rules and regulations like you would be with telly. But uh, there's still the same, there's some different challenges. There's different problems to overcome and, and techniques to figure out. Uh, well, I mean, it's been great getting both of your insights into, into podcasting and, and something that is obviously going to carry on. But while we have you, gents, we, we, we often, I, I'm, I'm sure as avid listeners to the MBI uh, broadcast Newswrap yes. podcast, we have our favorite section. It's the what we've been watching. So I just want, before we go, can I, can I ask, Ian, what have you been watching? See, I wasn't prepared, so I need to answer it honestly. I think in this second lockdown, my thing has been to go back to uh, streamers for just to watch home comforts, like literally watching episodes of Only Fools and Horses on Netflix. And Daryl? What have I been watching? Do you know what? I'm only about, what, 15 years too late, but I've just got converted into to watching Bake Off that I've never watched previously particularly. So uh, it's amazing what lockdown does to you, isn't it? Brilliant. Well, it's been a massive pleasure having you on the podcast. It just goes, uh, leads me to say thank you for joining on the Broadcast News app. Thanks for, thanks for having us. Cheers, thank man. you. Thank you for listening to the Broadcast News Wrap. I'm international editor John Elms, and you've been hearing from special guests Daryl Brown from Workerbeat and What's the Story Sounds, and Alaska TV's Ian Lamara. This week's podcast was edited by Hannah Bowler. You can listen to past episodes of the pod on Spotify or iTunes, or via our website at www.broadcastnow.co.uk.